Originally airing in June 2016, Father Ben Molenkamp was our first guest for Flavor of the Week. Enjoy all four parts of this delicious conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Banditos, fresh made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests over four different episodes to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. Okay, we're here with Father Ben Molenkamp for a series that we're calling Flavor of the Week. Hopefully this will be a weekly series that we do with one of our Catholic priests. And our first victim, I mean, guest is Father Ben and the flavor that we will be enjoying this month is the flavor guacamole, which happens to be your favorite. I'm I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm so happy there's copious amounts of guacamole here. It's freely flowing. Uh, it's a joy to me. We have four different guacamoles and chips from four different establishments, and we're going to be trying one of them each week for the, the remainder of this month. And... We're going I, to, I just I just feel like we really have taken Catholic radio to the next level here. Yeah. I mean, this is what's been missing. I think so. Guacamole has been menacing from Redeemer Radio. So I, I think we just, before we start our conversation, we need to get started here with... Okay. We've got uh, the chips and we've got some some dollops Oh guac. Okay. Uh, is, that's, th- th- these th- are the same. This is mine this and that's is, yours. Okay. Yeah. Th- this he looks gonna creamy. going to use my dollop. I'm not going to... This is very creamy. It looks creamy. Mmm, I like the chips. <laughs> That's good. It's like um, it's got a lot of salsa in it. Yeah. Or something. Do you care like if I a, eat with my? I talk with my mouth open. No, or? that's that's part of the okay. the shtick here. Okay. I can eat this. Yeah, this. Is I a mean, good it's one. not as good as mine, but it, I can eat it. See, and this is why we had uh, Father Ben on here because he's he's such a guacamole connoisseur. It's literally the only thing I know how to make, people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Father Ben. Uh, I think it'd be good before we we start this series and we dive deeper and deeper into the ministries that you're involved with over the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Let's get to know Father Ben a little bit. You're from Geneva, Mm -hmm. Indiana. Farm. Yep. Yep. How many acres? Dairy cows, 180 acres. We had Holsteins about five years ago. My parents got rid of the Holsteins. So, but now they just rent the land out and my dad helps my uncle farm it. So. So did you ever consider being a farmer? I I went to school not to get an education. I went to school to find a wife to bring back to the farm. Okay. Because there weren't a lot of women in Bern. I'm like, eh, I better go to college to find a woman. Okay. Mm. And so it where, worked out really well for me. Where did you go to college? IPFW. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to check in a little bit here, what are, we, what are we thinking on this? Is this... Is this... It's, you said it's edible. Here's my issue. You didn't stop eating it. I'm still eating it. Here's my problem with this guacamole. I don't believe in creamy guacamole. I think this this guacamole was flawed for me personally from the get-go. Okay. Okay. And you want it chunky. I like it chunky, and I like to have more vegetables. So I don't think I maybe, – maybe I don't actually like guacamole. Maybe I like avocado salad. So that it's just like – okay. You know, I like chunky. I like a lot of tomatoes, a lot of onions. I don't see any cilantro in here. I, I deal with cilantro. If it's in here, it's been blended fairly heavily. It looks like it's – I don't think – I don't think that you should blend avocado. Okay. I just don't believe it. So you go to IBFW I to do. find a wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't work out as planned or – I felt I met a lot of nice women that would make really good wives, um, but – the Lord, he is kind of he's kind of tricky because you think you're doing something for one reason and then boom. In spite of yourself, he's kind of leading you along the path uh, and kind of guiding you to your vocation. So I went to seminary, I went to college thinking, hey, you know, I'm just coming here to get to know people, to maybe meet a wife, to kind of move forward, but then I'm gonna go back to the dairy farm, take over my parents' farm, and then live happily ever after. But as I began to grow in my faith life more, I started doing youth ministry at St. Vincent's. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about these kids all the time and trying to help them. And I could care less about the car sales I was doing on the side. And I started to think, huh. On the side, was it a full-time job selling cars? So 
Or you was know, it just a I was working part-time? 40 hours a week selling cars and okay. going to fi- going uh, to school 15 credit hours. So I was like very, very busy. Gotcha. And so I thought, hey, I'll do youth ministry too. Right. Because I have extra time for that. Logical. Yeah. So um, actually, Cindy Black, you know, of course, you know her. Executive director here at the radio station. Yeah. She said, you're going to be a youth minister. I'm like, I don't know if I got time, but Cindy Black's hard to say no to. You'll learn that. Yeah. So- were you always faithful this entire time, or did you have a rebellious phase where you kind of I was stopped going to church or anything? Well, I went to church every Sunday, even though kind of early on I didn't really know that much about the faith. I didn't really understand real presence of the Eucharist. And at one point, I'm talking to the girl that I was dating, and she's like, hey, I just found out that you Catholics have to raise your kids Catholic, and I can tell you I am not raising my kids Catholic, so— Ben, either you quit being Catholic or we quit dating. And so I was like, oh, I'm 22 years old. And you know what I said to her? What do you think? Uh, NBD. No big deal. I said, no big deal. Yeah. Yeah, No big deal. I don't even care. (laughs) Because that's what 22-year-old guys do. Right. But then like five days later, I'm with my cousin, uh, Paul, and he's like giving me these Lighthouse Media CDs. And I'm like eating these things up and I'm like, holy you cow. You weren't supposed to be eating the CDs. You were supposed to be listening oh, to Oh, I'm supposed to be eating the guacamole. Eat the guacamole, listen to the CDs. Roger, gotcha. Was there a specific CD that really like jumps out at you as like that was? Uh, I think it was like, is it hit the, me hard. the Truth by Father, Father Larry Richards? Yeah, that yeah. was kind of hit me hard. And then there was one on the Eucharist by... Uh, Come on, he, Scott Hahn. Yeah. Okay, like I was like, whoa! But then there was other really good ones in there too, and I'm like, I just kept listening to those, and I'm like, whoa! So I went and I got more Catholic resources, and things didn't work out with the girl, mm-hmm. and that it was after that that I started doing youth. Things ministry. didn't work out because of your like enthusiasm for the Catholicism, it, or it is just it, at the was, same time like one was failing while the other was thriving. Well, you know, when you're in a relationship and you know there's a a division about something, I think those are the things you sometimes can start to focus on. Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, uh, have you ever got a history book out? Like the Catholic <laughs> Church has been going up for 2,000 years. Your church is only a few hundred years old. You know, right. these are these are the kind of the sort of the mouthy things that, you know, you start to say. And um, not, not the best approach to evangelization. No, not the best approach. Just like just dropping raw truth bombs at right. her, which – doesn't help to foster healthy relationships. I'm pretty sure that's how my high school relationship <laughs> ended. <laughs> so it's pretty much same same kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, but my relationship with God took a monumentous you know step forward. So uh, you so win was, some, you lose some. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'm going to say we're going to call that a net gain in the end. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're talking with Father Ben Mullenkamp, and he is here trying to guacamole. guacamole. Yeah, yeah, it's it's flavor of the week, mm-hmm. where we get to know a priest and we get to do something food related. I actually wasn't going to come, but then they told me there'd be guacamole, so I said, "Okay, I'll come." Yeah, I mean, we, we do what we have to 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 get you in here. Yeah. So you're selling cars. Mm-hmm. You're in college. You break up with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you say, "Let's let's try priesthood." Then I started doing youth ministry. Did you hear God speak to you and say, I Ben, he, he you're said supposed Father to be ben a priest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, I, would, I was doing youth ministry at St. Vincent's, and um, I started going to St. Jude's Adoration Chapel and would be praying for these young people because their lives were kind of crazy. Their parents were kind of stressing them out, and they were starting to make some bad decisions. And I was like, man, I need to pray for these kids. And so... I'd go into the chapel and be praying for these kids, and the Lord would say, hey, go be a priest. And so I was like, hmm. At that time, I was uh, kind of dating one of the youth ministers at the at the parish, uh, and she was a good, good Catholic woman. I'm like, no, I think I'm supposed to get, you know, probably get married. And that— Did she, So you told her this? In my mind. Told, okay. In, the, in my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, I think I'm supposed to be getting married instead. Yeah. Because, again— that's the whole reason I came to Fort Wayne in the first place was to find, you know, a good Catholic, you know, a good girl to get married to. Bigger pond for your fishing. Yes. So, but then go back and drive tractors and do that sort of thing. So it was just 
in that prayer, see, before that period of time, I don't think I ever spent any time quiet with the Lord yeah. in prayer where he could actually speak to me. So even if he was telling me before that period, before I was like 22, 23 years old, even if he told me before that, hey, you're supposed to go be a priest, I would have never heard that because I was never listening before that period in my life. Isn't that one of the biggest problems that we have is is kind of finding that quiet time and and make and listening? I think all of our prayer is full of speaking and and if we make any time for prayer at all. I know. And and you know what? For me, I can I can sometimes just want to work and try to get things accomplished, get things accomplished. But when I just sit and I pray and I say, Lord, you know, help me get these things done. All of a sudden, I've got people coming out of the woodwork to help me get things done. It's like, if I just ask the Lord to do these things, they'll get, but you know, they'll get done much better than if I try to do things, do these things myself. So, um, yeah, but we just have to spend that time with Him. So, and then through seminary, you discerned stick with it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely being called to be a priest, and yeah, after that Bishop first semester, affirmed that. Yeah, I he probably, you know, really had to contemplate whether or not he should pull the trigger, but he he ordained me. We tested the Holy Spirit that day. It and came down to a <laughs> coin flip. <laughs> yep, down to a coin flip. But I mean, my my classmate Father Jacob, mm-hmm. he's like, Well, if I'm gonna ordain him, I might as well ordain Ben. Because I mean, really, both of these guys are both clowns. So maybe together they can make one good priest. Right, right. No, um, I, we, have, we haven't proved that to him yet, but we really want to someday. <laughs> I, I don't think that's true. I think you guys are both amazing priests, and we're so blessed to have you here in the diocese. And we are going to be talking more over the next couple of weeks about some of the ministries that you're involved with, with uh, Courage, the St. Augustine Group, Divine Mercy, and your parish in New Haven. And so join us as we talk about those subjects every Monday on Flavor of the Week, as well as critique some guacamole. I love it. What do you give this one? I'm going to give this one out of if it, if we're going one to ten. Yeah. However you want to judge it. I I want to do one to ten. Uh, I think it's got a little bit of a lemony zing to it. See, do you, do you, and that's my problem. That? That's another one of my problems with it because I I believe in lime with yeah. avocado. I think the lime is the preferable citrus uh, option here. So I'm going to go ahead and give this guacamole. I'm going to have to give it a six. Six out of ten. Um. Yeah, but. I guess I'm a little bit biased because anytime I'm eating guacamole, you're probably going to, you're always going to probably get a four just because it's guacamole. Okay. (laughs) That's the baseline. Yeah. Because just because we're eating guacamole. So if it's green, you get a four. Yeah. Brown guacamole, the oxidized, it's been sitting in the refrigerator for a while. You know, if if it was like super sour creamy guacamole, I don't believe in sour cream and guacamole either. It could potentially get a three. Okay. Uh, But that would be the lowest I could probably go in guacamole. All right, well, we got a six out of 10. Join us next week, see what we get while we talk to Father Ben with the Flavor of the Week. We're here with Father Ben Mullenkamp for another episode of Flavor of the Week. Booyah! La- <laughs> last, week, <laughs> last week, you gave our guacamole a six out of 10. We've got a fresh batch of guacamole and chips from some other establishment. I, I know where they came from. I actually don't know which one this is. Okay. Because Andrea is the one that, that plated them. Uh, but at, when this is all over, we'll, we'll expose all of the details. Okay. Right now, the question is, is it good or not? Okay. I'm just, okay, I'm ready. All right. And last week you said the minimum you could get for guacamole is a four, maybe three right. if it had too much sour cream in it. Right. Okay, we'll take a bite. This one seems a little bit thicker. Than last week. What do you think? You're, you're, okay. I like these chips. They're good. I like the other chips better, though. Saltier. I don't know if it's the chip or the guac. Mmm. You're th- saltier. Wow, it is really salty. I wonder if it's the chips. And I think it still has a little of that lemon zing that we had last week. Okay. Again, back. we're back to the creamy thing. It's very creamy. Okay. Yeah. It's like whipped, <laughs> which makes me... This is this somebody like, somebody whipped it good. <laughs> so this looks like like something you could get like out of the, like, the little container at like Kroger or like at Meyer or something like that. Um, but again, Andrew was very generous with these portions this time. Yes, <laughs> a lot. We, she must have a thought lot of guac. We, she thought we were hungry. Okay, so here's the next thing. Last week's guacamole, there was no spice to it. Mm, There's no right. spice to this. Oh, I mean, for me, guacamole is it's going to have some spice to it. 
it's going to have some. Again, I'm not seeing what any do you cilantro. put in your guacamole to give it spice? You personally? I, okay, a lot of people would say, okay, you put the uh, jalapenos in. I don't believe in jalapenos. Okay. I believe in the serrano peppers. Those are the skinnier ones that you see right next to the jalapenos. Yeah, red. Uh, no, reddish. Well, they dark red. they they can turn red, but they're no, they're just skinny green. Okay. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they're the same about the same size as a jalapeno. Yeah, as far as length and stuff, but just yeah. anyway, I like those. Okay. I think that they they've got a little more kick. They've got a lot more, of more flavor, more kick. Because yeah. if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. Hey, I'm I'm for it. Uh, so anyway, so I like that's the kind of pepper I like to use. Again, this is just okay. You, you want you want my number, don't you? No, no, we can save that. Okay. Yeah, you think about it. We got we have time to talk about it. Okay. Because one of the things you are doing so many different ministries, right? Besides being a pastor, right? At uh, at a parish that I I cannot pronounce, St. Louis Catholic Church in Besançon. That's the part right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was like St. Louis. I can say that. Which Besançon is like two miles outside of New Haven. It's just fun because we're a French settlement. It sounds French. And we've got a lot of parishioners and their last names are like very French. And so it's fun. But guess what? I'm a German. The German has come to the French. Yeah, ich bin ein Berliner. (laughs) So uh, we'll get to the parish one of these days. But right right now I thought it'd be good to talk about a couple different ministries that you're involved with. Uh, Courage is one of them. We hear your commercial Mm -hmm. time to time. And also the St. Augustine group, mm-hmm. is it group, uh, community? Uh, I, th- I think it's just called St. Augustine's Men's Group. Okay. The St. Augustine Men's Group, yep. All right, so courage is for people struggling with same-sex attraction. Um, it's Yeah, so the courage is for, for men who have a, the, the experience same-sex okay. attraction, um, which, you know, there's a certain segment of our population that probably does, uh, a small percent. And so what Courage really tries to do— not, not a small population of the group, but a small population of our overall community. Yeah. So there's—and what Courage hopes to do, what, what it seeks to do, is put other people that experience same-sex attraction um, into community, you mm-hmm. know? You know, it, there's, it's not sinful to have same-sex attraction. There's nothing—you know, there's nothing sinful about experiencing that. And so what we want to do is we do know that sometimes because you're living a life or your experience of life is a little bit more unique, you can end up feeling isolated, mm-hmm. you know? And so we want to put these men into community with each other. When we get together, we want to have real intense friendships, build real bonds with each other. And we talk about real stuff the whole time. And so as the chaplain a lot of times I, I show up with a few topics. Maybe we'll go through the scriptures and we'll just really discuss uh, the experience that a man has who has same-sex attraction. Um, but most of the time, we're just talking about what it means to be a human being. Sure. Uh, how often do you meet as a group? Twice a month. Okay. We have a, a location here in town that we meet at twice a month. And so if, if anyone would ever want to want to come to the group, all they would need to do is just email me, Father Ben. Um, I'm on the... Or just go to the Courage website, but um, and I'm at St. Louis Besançon again. Is it Courage RC Roman Catholic? I think so. dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it's really easy. Um, if you go to my website, uh, St. Louis. Okay. Uh, Besançon online. My my email's on there. But again, the group is just really we we spend a lot of time just laughing and talking about life and. Um, these men are some of the holiest guys I know that, that go to Courage. They're just really good men, and um, they bring stuff that they're reading and their own experiences of life. And I, I feel ministered to when I go to that, that meeting, yeah. And I, and I assume that there's an expectation of anonymity that if somebody maybe doesn't want other people to know mm-hmm. that they're going to this or— Right. So, for example, um, there are men— who might be attracted to men and women. Mm-hmm. They might be married. Mm-hmm. And these men, um, you know, they might be married, but they still have this experience of, of same-sex attraction. 
And when they come to this group, it helps them to kind of like continue to process that, continue to, you know, um, just kind of explore that a little bit. And, um, and so really it just seems like in our Christian faith, the more we're kind of put into prayerful friendship, some of the other things that can come up on the radar just kind of stay at bay. Right now in America, you would think that we're just sexual beings and it's like everything is about physical sexual contact, okay, if you looked at anything. And a freedom to do whatever, whatever you want and not to be judged or have, you know, but there's, there's nothing limiting us. But as deep as our physical desires are, our emotional desires and needs are much greater. And so when we are getting our emotional needs met, guess what? All of a sudden, our physical needs aren't like on the radar as intensely. And so when these men or when any man is getting his emotional needs met, it's easier for him to be living chastity. Mm -hmm. So that that's what we're all called to be. You know, whether you're a priest a single person, a married person, we're all called to be chastity. Uh, we're all called to be, we're all called to be chastity. Yeah. We're, we're all called to chastity. And in every, you know, as a priest, I know in, in talking to people, everyone can struggle with this. And um, so, you know, as a priest, I'm always trying to help people get, get their deeper needs met, their spiritual needs, their emotional needs met. We're speaking with Father Ben Monkamp. As we're trying some guacamole, I'm, I need a little bit more. We we don't have a whole lot of time, but oh I, yeah, that, I do want to talk about the the Saint Augustine group. Okay, because Saint Augustine, I assume the reason he is the patron of this group is because of his quote and well his lifestyle that led to the quote, "Lord, give me chastity, but not yet." Right. <laughs> well, that that's part of it. I mean, when you look at the life of Saint Augustine, here's a man who. He has gone down basically every wrong road there is possibly to go down. And it was so well known that he just wrote the confessions and just put it out there. And the confessions mm -hmm. have been instrumental in so many people's lives over the centuries. Because um, here is a man who he has really struggled with so many sins. And one of those sins um, was basically uh, the struggle for chastity. Mm -hmm. And so, but yet this man who's made all these mistakes is now considered a doctor of the church and has done so much in the life of the church. So I think it's also a good, a good thing to remind these men like, okay, you know what? You're having, you're struggling right now, but you're still called a sanctity. And you know, you don't give up. Yeah. So uh, we, I should have been more clear here that we're transitioning from the courage group mm -hmm which specifically is helping somebody that may have a same-sex attraction mm -hmm. to the St. Augustine group, mm -hmm. which is more tor targeted to towards pornography. Right. And is it just for pornography addictions or people it's, that are just struggling with that or looking for some support, community, some tips and, um, and accountability? All those things. And so, like, if you come to the St. Augustine group, we want to set you up with an accountability partner. Okay. So that even if it's two o'clock in the morning, you're waking up in the middle of the night and you feel like you're going to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what happens when you just reach out and tell somebody, I'm really experiencing temptation right now. When the devil, he likes to keep everything in the darkness, right? Mm -hmm. But anytime the devil is exposed in the light, he loses all of his power, right? When you bring those things out into the light, it just, boom, all of a sudden, that thing that just seems like a million pounds on your back just turns into nothing, like a feather on your back. So so how do you get around that? Because it's the embarrassment that keeps us from from so, wanting to tell anybody about this, to I even know. go to confession, because we're mm -hmm. embarrassed to say this to another person, much less go to a support group. You're, you're hitting it right there. It's the shame. Like, we experience shame. We don't want anyone to know that we're weak. We don't want anyone to know that we've made mistakes. And we don't want to we don't want to tell anybody. And yet, actually, it's the very act of going to confession, going to the group, actually starting to get the inner world kind of out, opening ourselves up, where we 
all of a sudden are able to start to overcome and have some victories. And ultimately, we're inviting the Lord into those broken parts inside, and then he can start doing his healing. Now, honestly, just because you go to one meeting doesn't mean you're going to walk out of there and be Mother Teresa. Obviously, it's it's a continual process. Is there a meeting that I can go to that I'll walk out of there and be Mother Teresa? <laughs> if if I find one of those, if I find one of those, I'll let you know. Okay. I wish, you know, I'm lazy and I wish there was a way that I could make Christianity super easy. Yeah, and just we just need a holiness pill. I'd love that. You take the pill and then you're holy. But I mean, I, I literally was just thinking about this week. I'm like, how can I make this easier for my people? And it dawned on me, I can't. I can't make the Christian life easier for my people. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I don't know how to make it so that you can go to all your travel sports and never be together as a family and never pray together as a family and still get everyone to heaven. I don't know how you do everything. Yeah. It, it's not easy. I, I think you just have to choose Christ. But um, the guacamole, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a six again. Okay. I'm not wowzers about it. Yeah. Hey, I, 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 I think it's pretty, pretty equal with the last one. Yeah. Actually, I mean, pretty similar. Pretty similar in place. All right. Well, join us next time for a, an update on guacamole. We'll have our third it's so tasting mm-hmm. and uh, find out more of what Father Ben is up to on Flavor of the Week. Flavor of the Week. We're back with Father Ben Mullenkamp for the Flavor of the Week. This is week three of our guacamole Roundup. Booyah! <laughs> <laughs> you were like sit, hanging on that like I'm just I was waiting for the booyah. It. Two weeks uh, in a row. Look at this guacamole. Uh, you know, this, just, you know, just to judge by appearances, I'm going to say that this is going to be the best guacamole I've had so far. Well, the first two were a little underwhelming. We have a six out of ten and then a mm-hmm. six out of ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think those two came out of the can, but I cannot wait to find out where they came from. And uh, so we're going to be trying our third guacamole in the series of four for Flavor of the Week as we get to know Father Ben a little bit more. Should I? I'm going to just turn this around just to make sure that you guys aren't doing anything for oh, me. He just, he just did a 180 <laughs> Princess Bride style like there's, like one of them's poisoned. <laughs> I don't trust you guys. <laughs> All right. All right. Here, I'm going to take, a, take okay. a stab at this here. Okay. You eat first. And it's, I'll... So, it's so creamy and chunky. It's like shiny. I'm worried there's going to be sour cream in here, which, uh, as no you know, I don't believe in sour cream. I didn't even both. know that was something people Oh, do. they do it. Yeah, they do it. Mmm. 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 The cilantro, finally. Okay. So why you're saying mmm is because you see cilantro. I can see tomato in here. Okay, I think that is actually going to see onion in here. Do you think there's sour cream in it? Because um, it seems extra creamy. Yeah, I'm thinking there's sour cream in here. Okay, let know. me do. Am I tasting? I gotta see if I'm tasting lime or if I'm tasting lemon. All you lemon people out there with your guacamole, I'm judging you. <laughs> it's definitely not as citrusy as the last two were, and it's not as salty as the last one. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not sure again if that was the chips or the the guac. Yeah, this is this is definitely better. Okay, yeah, I'm enjoying it now. Father Ben, in, in addition to, we talked last week about Courage and the St. Augustine group, mm-hmm. you also have been involved. In the first week, we talked about your volunteering for youth ministry. You've got a thriving youth group at your parish. You are in charge of, you are the chaplain for Bishop Lewers. Uh-huh. Have done a lot with youth ministry throughout seminary. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about high school teens? As much as I love guacamole, mm-hmm. I actually like doing youth ministry even more. Hmm. Yep. True story. So, I only really go to Bishop Lewers on Fridays. Okay. They've got other oh, other uh, priests who send to send their high schoolers to Bishop Lewers come other days of the week to hear confessions. But what I love about Lewers is... If you just want to know what the, the kids are thinking, just ask them. They'll tell you, you know. I, there's just something about that age when you're in high school where they're like, the kids are seem to be very much alive. They're not worried as much about, oh my gosh, what, you know, they, I just get a kick out of that age group. I don't know how to, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I just get a kick out of them. That actually seems kind of contrary to what I might assume 
about a high school kid where you ask him like, so how was your day? Fine. Um, you know what? But do they open up true. more to you than maybe family members, parents? Or well, or are you do you have a specific technique that gets them to come well, out of their shell? And I wonder if it's the issue is is that the kids who are gonna come talk to me are coming because they want to talk. Okay. Maybe and maybe that's the issue. Okay. I know that high schoolers do not talk to parents. Okay. Mm-hmm. For example, I get parents all the time like, you know, I'll ask them like all these questions. I come up with really good questions and they don't say anything at all. And I'm like, okay. First off, stop right there. Do not ask your kids. Don't expect your kids to answer you, you know these direct questions about how they're doing. If you want to know how your kids are doing, parents, here's my little piece of advice. Ask your high schoolers, how is your best friend so-and-so doing? How is this person doing? These people that they know. So often high schoolers are happy to tell you all about so-and-so. And then that's how you kind of, you can kind of get like an inside track as to what's going on in your own child's life. Um, but sometimes when you ask them directly, you're not going to have much luck. I just want you to know that we're going to cut that out and turn it into a PSA with some really sappy music in the background that's going to play every hour on the hour. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> that's what we're looking for. Okay. I'm still eating this guacamole because it's good. It is still not spicy. No, there's you not. Like, you like spicy guacamole and we have yet to I, have anything. I, I taste no serrano spicy. peppers in there, yeah. but it's... It is chunky. It is chunky. They've, and they, so I'm... I'm they I think this would be, contest. these people are trying to be crowd pleasers, and I can appreciate that. And so they're thinking, hey, anyone who eats, partakes of this guacamole is probably going to be pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I know some people freak out about the spices. So, so and then at the, at the parish, okay, so as, in your mind as like a seminarian and maybe as an associate, you're thinking, when I become a priest, this is how I'm going to do youth ministry, Okay. Like, I'm going to do, like, Sunday night youth group, da-da-da-da-da. Like, I had all these plans in my head. And when I sat down and talked to my teenagers, like, you know, want to do youth ministry, like, on Wednesday night, they're all like, no, we're busy with our sports. We're mm-hmm. busy with this. And I'm like, okay, well, when are you guys not busy that you would come get together? And they're like, Sunday morning between the 7.30 mass and the, ni- and the 10 o'clock mass. I'm like, What? No way. This so, is a terrible idea. So wait, they could go to the 10 o'clock mass, but they would rather get up earlier and come in at 8 o'clock. Right, like 8, 8.40. And do a youth group before the 10 o'clock mass. Which I thought this was going to be an epic fail. Yeah. I was like, this is not going to work. It defies logic. It de- because, yes, all those things. And they're like, and by the way, we want you to feed us breakfast because we're going to come hungry. And I'm like, that's that's the, the smartest thing you've said all day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, okay, great. We'll we'll have breakfast here. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm talking to the teens. I'm going to try this out. They know what their schedules are. And a lot of my teens are very active. Uh-huh. So would you believe I have an amazing turnout? Like 20 kids on Sunday morning. and At a small at, parish. At a small parish. And I'm. it's just amazing to me. So again, so many things. But you just, I try to stay open. I, I try not to be locked down into, you know, my beliefs about what, how things have to be, you know. The truth doesn't change, but how you teach the truth can change. Flexibility in flexibility, not in truth. Right. <clears throat> right. I'm not a crazy, crazy person too much. Well, we're talking with Father Ben Mullenkamp, and he's at uh, St. Louis. Besançon. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> And we're also trying some guacamole where this is our third week in the flavor of the week with Father Ben. Uh, third out of four guacamoles. I'm really happy with this guacamole. This, the first two were very blah, creamy, very uh, probably went through a blender of you some can, sort. Yeah, it's like it was just it's just wrong to blend an avocado. This I, is, I don't believe in that. It, it's like uh, hurting the avocado's feelings. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How did you guys determine what chips do these? Do the chips come? Are these the chips that the the places have recommended? Like, because the chips have all been different too. The chips came from the same. They were procured in the same location as the guacamole. Okay. Well, do places have multiple chips to choose from? Well, you still haven't told me if, if like some do of they the, recommend like oh with this guacamole I would recommend oh these I do chips. oh I've got my preferred chips. Well, yeah, but restaurants, they just have one kind of chip, don't they? A lot of times you're right. Yeah. So I don't like colored chips because I've got food allergies mm. and I don't like the diet. So some of these places when I walk in and they're like, 
have our red and green chips. I'm like, oh, I don't like that. Do they just do that at Christmas time or otherwise? No, there's there's places you can get the you can get the green and the red chips. And I mean, I I understand they're trying to be fun and you know, but I don't believe I don't like that either. What do you serve at your breakfast? Oh my gosh, you know what? We've got these parishioners who they just sign up and say, "I'll bring breakfast." And the food they bring is so good. Like, I'm just like, oh, it's Sunday morning. Because otherwise, I'm making breakfast for myself, which is, like, not the best thing ever. And so, a lot of times, it's casseroles. A lot of times, it's like there's some fruit in there. And what time should we show up for this? (laughs) 8.40. If you're in, hey, if if, if you're in, uh, if you're in the uh, Besançon (laughs) area, uh, come Sunday morning, 8.40 to 9.45, um, come on over. We'll we'll do some praying. We'll have some fun. We'll we'll have uh, some conversation about life. I just spent the whole year. All I did was talk about the theology of the body with my high schoolers. Solid, because they're so confused about what it means to be a human in a body, and the, basically everything they see in media is a lie. That we almost have to. That's all I. That's all the farther I felt like I needed to go was just focus on that. With them. it's is very foundational. I think there are a lot of issues Mm -hmm. in society and our lives that can all be traced back to a misunderstanding of our bodies that are how we were created and and how they're supposed to be used properly and the parents will come to me like hey you're teaching this to our kids why aren't you teaching this to us i'm like true (laughs) it hasn't it hasn't been taught to to many generations but once you hear it's like okay this makes sense yeah i mean that's what i like about theology of the body it's like you hear it once you're like Yep, that is who I am. Okay, so for an adult who is not that familiar with Theology of the Body, Mm -hmm. do you have a book recommendation? I do. Okay, so what's that Shree? What is that guy? Dr. Ed or Ted Shree? Yeah, Edward Shree. Depending on the day, he changes his first name. Does he really? Well, okay, so Dr. Shree, he's got a book out on it. What is that called? I can't remember what that's called. He, and then, I mean, the number one book that people have read is Theology of the Body for Beginners yeah. by Christopher West. I mean, that's yeah. been like the go-to for so many people. I mean, the actual Theology of the Body is like a two-inch book. I mean, it's very thick and probably not a good place for most uh, everyday Catholics to start off. Yeah. But. Theology of the Body for Beginners mm-hmm. is a concise. And if you get through that and you want more, there's more available. But that right. gives you real quickly— the basics of theology of the body. All right. Rating one to 10 guacamole. Okay. So a 10 would be my guacamole. Right. And, um, I'm going to give this, I got to do I, the double, double chip to, yeah, one, to, one to, to get to it partake the other of the chip. most amount. You know, I'm going to give this an 8.2. 8.2. Wow. Yeah. Even without the, I'm writing this down so we have it on record. Even without the spicy, eight point two. I probably, but again, when it comes to guacamole, as long as you're not screwing stuff up, I'm going to go high because I just like guacamole. I have a term uh, for if you ever are dipping a chip in the salsa and it breaks off and there's a piece that like floats down, and then you take another chip and to get that, it, that one's called the rescue chip, the one that you dig into the salsa to get the chip that fell in. See, this is what I'm talking about. See, when I do my guacamole. It is all about the chips. And the kind of chips that I use are thick. Mm. And they're extremely crunchy. And guess what? They do not break. I just want to let you know. Well, and your guacamole is so thick, it probably it does not sink in. If a chip did break, it would just rest on top. It, I'm, I'm telling you, but I don't know if I can actual, actually name the kind of foods that I use. So we'll have to find that out. Because it's a trade but there secret. Is a, there is an international market in town. Yeah. That's close to the old GM or GE factory mm-hmm. that sells these particular thick chips, just to let you know. But you don't like the scoops. And and that particular international grocery <laughs> also sells the Alejandrina avocado, which is the best avocado that man can buy. Not, is that different than a Haas? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so All much right. better. Well, you're going to have to join us next week for the final guacamole and the conclusion of what it is, and, and a little reveal of what the four different guacamoles were. I and cannot where they were from. wait. I cannot wait. Thank you, Father Ben, for joining us on Flavor of the Week. God bless you.
I'd like to welcome back to the show Father Ben Mullenkamp for our fourth installment of Flavor of the Week. I'm so happy to be here. We have been trying, for the past three weeks, we tried three different guacamoles. We mm-hmm. have our fourth and final guacamole. And I have to say, how, well, first of all, how would you judge I, this by appearances? I, I mean, because I just I just like looking at this stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I, I want to meet the person who made this guacamole. Okay. Because it looks so good. I mean... I can see some leafy stuff in there. There are multiple colors of green. I can see shades. chunky stuff going on in there. Big tomato chunks. I, and you can even see some of the. I mean, this is okay. This was not run through a blender. Let's not talk How about it. How dare people blend? It. Ah, I'm sorry. I just get so angry again. Another style of chip. It's amazing. These yeah. chips are are very uh, white cornish. Very type of, thin. Very thin, uh, but they probably are going to be very tasty. I wonder if I like guacamole in part just because I like the crunchiness of the chips too. Mm. Is it just me or are these chips really bland? Yeah, these chips don't have a lot going on. But the guacamole. The gua- this is our first and only guacamole with spice. Yeah, and this the the avocado that's being used here, it's like deep green. Like I, I feel like we've some of that other earlier stuff was just like it looked like a sick avocado. <laughs> it came from a sick avocado, but this has got like some nice green I, I'm I'm just so happy right now. Yeah, the spice is very nice. Mm-hmm. I, I could use a little more salt, maybe. Mm-hmm. Definitely does not have the lemon flavor the first two had. Mm-hmm. Well, Father Ben, you're at. Uh, we, we've talked about many things that you're involved with, and I feel like we've merely scratched the surface. I, I, your, your work with the youth at mm-hmm. your parish and Bishop mm-hmm. Lures. We talked about courage and the Saint Augustine group for people struggling with same-sex attraction mm-hmm. or pornography. What's it like to be a parish priest? You know what? It's like hitting the jackpot. That's what it's like. It's like pure joy, you know? It's like being a father of a very big family. Okay. With a lot of, um, I'm not a father of a big family, but I happen to be a priest. And so I kind of have an idea, maybe. There are many people that call you father. There are many people that call me father. Um, I think that you've got, I, I would imagine that a father would have a child who's saying, hey, I'm worried about this building and another person saying, hey, I'm worried about when we're going to have a party next. Or, hey, <laughs> I'm worried about, you know, the flowers in the church. You know, like, it, it's just interesting what the different people, what what becomes really kind of a priority, a top priority for uh, the different members of the community. Sure. Um, but for me, you know, I'm only 11 months in, so I'm still like a baby priest as far as I'm concerned. I'm only 11 months into being a pastor. And I could never have imagined there would be this much joy. When I went to seminary, I thought, all right, Lord, I'll do it. I'll go to seminary. This is what you want. But not really with the expectation of having a lot, a lot of joy. I just thought I'm trying to be like a faithful soldier, you know. How many different parishes have you had an active role in ministry? Hmm. St. Vincent's, you helped with Mm -hmm. their youth group. I know when I was at St. John the Baptist, you were a seminarian. Yeah. Uh, you were not yet a deacon. Mm-hmm. Uh, seminarian Ben. Mm-hmm. And you got some awesome no, I, I, I young didn't, adult I, ministry I was just on. I was just ordained a deacon before I went to St. John the Baptist, actually. Were you? Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, basically I had been at a few parishes just in the summertime. Again, those 10-week those summer assignments, the parishes, you know, the schools are closed. A lot of people go up to the lake. It's not really a good glimpse of what parish life is really like. Okay. Um, but, yeah, and I, I guess I'd had so many experiences at the big parish level, and I didn't have a lot of experience at doing ministry in the small parish level where everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And if you can contact a few people, everybody's going to know. Right. And you don't even need Facebook. You just talk to people's faces. Well, I I talk to people's faces and then I'm guessing they use the Facebook okay. machine. I'm personally afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid of getting on the inner web thing of a thing thing like a Google thing. Yeah. Um I don't do that, but I'm sure the other people do. Um so I just do emails, that's it. Well, so you said it's like being in a family with a lot of kids, but yeah. I I feel like with a priest there's also this kind of isolation so that, yeah, you're around a lot of people and you're interacting with people, but then you go home and you're by yourself. It is a weird, it's kind of a weird um, a mix because you think like, 
Yeah, that's true. So like at the end of the day, so for example, there are Sundays, generally speaking, that's kind of like a slow day that I try to- Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, okay, there we go. Sundays are a slow day for a priest. Okay. There are priests listening to this right now. <laughs> Don't hurt me. Screaming. <laughs> Don't tell my parishioners this. Okay. They're going to ask me to do stuff. Okay, so at St. Elizabeth, Sunday is like a madhouse and you're running nonstop all day long. St. Elizabeth and Seton here right. in Fort Wayne. Right, right. Uh-huh. Because they've got youth group and religious education and they've got masses all yeah. through the day. But at my little parish, by 11 o'clock, although it's an intense morning, the afternoon is like calm as a cucumber, generally speaking. And so on those days, I try to go down to my sisters. Um, I've got four sisters that live in Indianapolis. I try to go and I try to just be with family. Hmm. I think there's something about Sunday that says, hey, this is a family day. Sure. During the regular week time, you can just stay so busy that you know you don't even, you don't even think about it. But here is something that uh, you and I have talked about before. Priests are not going to invite themselves over to your house, people. Okay? Well, maybe some will. Okay. Which, I mean, now that you mentioned that, I cannot think of very many times that a priest has asked if he could come over. But I would love that. As a parishioner, I would love for my priest, I would love for you to just call me up and say, hey, what are you doing? Can can I come over and hang out? And I did as a deacon. I would invite myself over to your house. You did, yeah. <laughs> you lived right across the street. Yeah. But... And, and I think that would probably vary from person to person, at priest right. to priest, you know, what right. they're comfortable doing. And if they would – so tell me that – first of all, we're talking with Father Ben. I want to – if you're just joining us, this is Father Ben Mullenkamp, and we are trying four different guacamoles. This is the fourth and final, and probably I'm, Prob- I'm kind of predicting this. Probably the best. going to call this the best. Yeah, this is the best. So we're talking about inviting a priest over for dinner mm-hmm. or or your kid's birthday party. We, mm-hmm. we always invite mm-hmm. priests over for the birthday party. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you're saying we, you would like that to happen more often or less often, or you're you just want the the cool kids to invite you over? I <laughs> no, I I enjoy going on over to everybody's house. I I think especially when a priest goes into a parish, I think priests want to be getting invited over and get to know people. Uh, I know a lot of people put way too much like when I do get invited over the people put way too much thought into like oh my gosh do you like this food or do you like this you know um, and it doesn't need to be like I can tell you as I talk to priests they just like it when people are like we're just having a regular dinner and the priest comes over and we're just chillaxed now sometimes I've heard priests say hey sometimes I don't go to these dinners because I feel like I'm just getting trapped with somebody's agenda and so maybe that can be a you know, I, I would, even if I felt like there was an agenda, I would have no problem going to someone's house. But. So don't invite the priest over just to manipulate him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that, that's kind of basic human dignity. Yes, yes. If you've got business, you know, and not that you can't bring up business. And I, I actually find a lot of good information out when I'm at the people's houses and we're just having regular conversation. Like, hey, you know, yeah. have you ever thought about this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably we probably do need to do something about that. So, so but I mean... I mean, that can be one, you know, one reason why maybe there are priests who don't really like to go over to people's houses. But I I would say, um, for the most part, it's good for your priests to kind of get to know the families. They probably are going to preach better if they're with, you know, the more they're around real families, they can keep things more applicable to everyone's daily life, I would think. I don't know. Okay. So. Okay. We're about out of time. Uh I want to wrap up this this flavor of the week. Mm -hmm. But one more quick question about priests. What is something as parishioners that we should be aware of of our priests? Is there something that we're we're missing or not thinking of or not putting into consideration? Like, should we be asking our priest, you know, what do you need help with? Or is there anything I can do for you? Can I bring you a meal? You want to come over more often? Need somebody to do something at the church for you? Is What are we probably missing Hmm, as man, parishioners, as, as being thoughtful. Do you like it when they send cards or cookies or you know what I, do you get way too much you know, candy at Christmas time? <laughs> you know what I'm really, I appreciate is when, because again, so we're all sinners, whether we're, and if you're a human, then you're also a sinner and you're all, we're all prone to doing crazy things, right? And so priests need prayers, you know, quite a bit because 
you know, if I was the devil, I would attack a priest. Yeah. You know, I would want to see what I can do to neutralize that priest so he's not going to be causing any problems mm-hmm. for me, you know, so that that guy's just kind of like whatever. So I would. Big target. I would say so. And I don't know how you get from being a really active priest to kind of being this humdrum priest. Maybe they get worn down. I, I would love to understand that better. Um, but I can just say, please pray for your priests mm-hmm. um, because, you know, your prayers make us better priests. There you have it. Rating on the guacamole. I am going to give this guacamole. We have a 6 out of 10, 6 out of 10, eight out of, 8.2 out of 10 from last week. I'm going to give this guacamole a 9. Ooh. And yours that you make is a, is is a the, 10. The is gold a clear, standard. Is a clear winner. Yeah. All right. Are you ready for the great reveal? I I have right here. I have not looked at this yet. This is Andrea wrote this down, and I am opening it for the first time. Okay. I Our four different. I really cannot wait to find out where this comes from. The first guacamole, you gave it a 6 out of 10. Said it was too creamy. Lemony. Mm-hmm. That came it was from a, a store, wasn't it? no, it was a fast food restaurant. Oh, a Mexican fast food restaurant. Oh, their chips and guacamole. Hmm. Yeah, I think that was about a dollar sixty-seven for that dose. We got ripped off. Guacamole number two was a six out of ten. Also, so pretty okay. equal. Okay. Also lemony. Also creamy, not chunky. Okay. I thought it was a little salty. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know Absolutely. if that was the chips or not. Yeah. That one did come from a grocery store. Okay. Yeah, that was, I suspected that, was, that. And, that and you know what? I, I bet you that fast food restaurant and that grocery store probably have like a week-long shelf life on their guacamole. Oh, at and, least. And here's the thing. This guacamole probably expires next month. Yeah. People, when you blend an avocado and it doesn't turn brown, you should be worried. <laughs> Do not eat that stuff. Well, guacamole number three, you gave it an 8.2 out of 10. Okay. And that came from a, a fairly decent taco stand. Really? Yeah, there's there's seats and stuff in it. It's a it's a little local chain, taco stand, local guacamole. Chain of gu- oh. Yeah. All right, can you give the the people in the audience one one of the locations is inside of a an international market. Oh, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. I I suspected. Okay. And then uh, the fourth and and your your favorite, the nine out of ten was from a sit down Mexican restaurant. Hmm. Multiple multiple locations in the the Fort Wayne area. Oh. So, you pretty much ranked them as their their quality increased, <laughs> and the the price increased probably too. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty accurate. Well, thank you for joining us, Father Ben, on this flavor of the week and letting us get to know you. It was very and tasty. The ministries that you explore. Could you give us your priestly blessing before we go? The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, Father Ben. It has been a delight. A tasty delight to be here. (laughs) Delicious. Delicious. Delicious.